way. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Good to see you all here. How about you high five seven people? If you only do six, you're being disobedient. High five seven people and say, Jesus is coming. How about we give it up for our worship team? Yeah, team. How many did you do, James? Seven on rope. Awesome. Well, it's good to see everyone here. Nice and warm. Look at all pretty, full, and beautiful. Let me just put my Superman glasses on. Um, let me just introduce myself. My name is Taya uh, Faaroe Pati. I'm the son of Taya Bunefilutu, son of Bunefilutu from Savai Samoa Sisifu. I know you guys looked at me and said, did he say something? <laughs> AKA T, AKA Tai, and I'm married to the beautiful Mrs. E for Epati. Right there. I'm excited to share the word just as much as you're excited to hear the word. Anyone hungry tonight? Come on. I love being part of this Mrs. Church and I love the season we're going through right now. How about we give it up for Pastor Mitch? Man, my favorite Mrs. Pastor in all of creation right here. But I love our Mrs. Church and I love the season that we're going through as a church right now. Courage, fearless, justice, Jesus. And the Apostle Paul writes to encourage one of his co-workers in Timothy in the second letter, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God didn't just say, Hey, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, and then just left it there for us to work it out. But he continues and he says that, hey, guess what? I've given you something to overcome your fear, and that's power, love, and self-control. All right. Any reality show junkies in here? Oh, you're a good crowd. <laughs> you know, watch reality shows? <laughs> that's good, because there's always a script, right? It's not really uh, reality, but... I'll be honest with you, there's a uh, reality show that me and Michelle love watching, and it's um, SAS, SAS, Special Air Services. Love that show, man. And if there's a show that I want to be on, it's on that one. I don't know how far I get. But um, I love how the show starts, and there's like 20 um, random men and women. And they come together, and the idea is that they face these challenges, these obstacles, that they, they have no idea what's coming in front of them. I mean, they're jumping out of helicopters. They're submerging in ice-cold water. They're going through hours of interrogation. And, man, some of them don't even make it past election. Fun stuff, right? But they're pushed way out of their comfort zone into unfamiliar territory. And for every single participant, regardless of how far they make it, they overcome and they realize that all they had to do was grab a bit of courage, face the fear, have a go, and now they know that they could overcome. You see, God has already put it in us to overcome and believe that no matter what we're 
or where you're at, it doesn't matter where you're at, God knows where you're at. And if all you can do right now is stand, then do like the children of Israel did and stand still and see the saving power of the Lord. I want to share from one of my favorite bedtime stories. And no, it's not that Michelle reads bedtime stories to me to help me go to sleep. Let's get that right. I love reading stories before I go to sleep. But this is one of my favorite missions story. Because here's a guy, he goes on a mission, but he has some issues. And it's found in Jonah 1. Not Pinocchio 1, Jonah 1. The real fish story. Let me just pray. Father, as we dig into the word tonight, God, I pray that you'll speak to us and do what only you can do, Father God. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jonah 1, verse 1. This is what the Bible says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went ahead and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah, everyone say, but Jonah. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. How do you do that in the storm? The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Sounds like interrogation there. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for the Lord had done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. I'll leave it there. Verse 1, the word. Everyone say, the word. The word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Why did the word come to the Lord, son of, why did the word of the Lord come to Jonah? Jonah was a prophet to the nation of Israel, and God would speak to the prophet who will then speak to the people. The word Jonah heard wasn't from a little bird. 
the word Jonah heard wasn't from a little bird. It was the word of the Lord. There was no doubt about it. There was no question about it. The word was rock solid. The mission was clear. Go. There's only one word that needs to be heard, and that's God's word. The great thing about God's word is that you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a king. You don't have to have one million followers on your 20 social media accounts. That's not counting the fake ones. And regardless of who you are or where you are in life, the mission hasn't changed. God still speaks, and he wants to speak to you. As a matter of fact, God has never stopped speaking. The question is, are you listening? What was the mission? In verse 2, it was go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, again, Jonah's got a lot of buts. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Jonah didn't like the word he heard. Ever had God tell you something and you're like, hmm, you sure about that, God? You sure you got the right? You sure you got the right guy? I had that um, a few years ago. Um, you remember this one, Sonia? Um, me and a few of the guys, we got asked to sing some Christmas carols. Yeah, remember that one? <laughs> and um, we got to ask them to. We got to ask to sing some Christmas carols at a club, an outlaw bikey club, to be exact. And um, first reaction was, you sure you heard from God? I mean, Christmas carols at a biker club? Okay. Anyway, being obedient, man, me and the boys, we practice our Christmas carols. We got our silent night and our jingle bells and our way in the manger down pat. And we rock up to this uh, biker club. It was at nighttime and it was dark and we started walking to this club. We couldn't see anything. And then we hear, you guys from the church group? Uh, yeah, yeah. We couldn't see anyone. And then this little gate opens in the brick wall, and we step in, and here we are in enemy territory, behind enemy lines. And so we go in there, we meet up with uh, Sonia and Cornelis and, and Tina, and uh, it's dark, it's hazy, um, there's a heavy metal band playing, and um, yeah, it was just, whew. Okay, it was different. And so we're standing there, me and the boys, we got our songs in our head, jingle bells. And um, the head guy goes up on stage and he sings a heavy metal song like, that was something like that. I think he might have been singing Highway to Hell. Something. But here, we're standing and I'm looking at the boys and, I, and I'm sure we were thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, man, Really, we're going to get up and sing Jingle Bells in front of this crew? Anyway, he stops, he finishes his song, and he looks over to us in the microphone, and he goes, all right, churchies. We got called churchies. <laughs> we should have a hood churchies. But um, all I can say, praise God, he had a plan. 
And long story short, Holy Spirit was fantastic. We didn't even get to use our little guitar and sing jingle bells. Um, in fact, we had a uh, song that we sang um, at the juvie, when we were part of the juvie ministry, and we used a backing track, and it was awesome. It just fitted right in with the um, environment. And it's like God speaks, and then we make the adjustment to suit us. But what we got to realize is that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He knows best. He is in control. And whether we like the word or not, the word is the word. And all we just need to do is play our part, and maybe somebody's going to get saved. Come on, you believe that? Yeah. Jonah had his reasons not to go to Nineveh. I mean, Nineveh is modern-day Iraq, and Nineveh wasn't only the capital of Assyria, but it was pretty powerful and quite barbaric. And Jonah's like, you want me to go speak to the enemy? Jonah didn't like the word he heard, so he runs in the opposite direction. There will always be an option to run in the opposite direction. I had one a few weeks ago. Got a call, hey, go speak to the 5 p.m. service at in church. <laughs> you sure God, man? I mean, have you seen what the people look like at that 5 p.m. service? <laughs> I mean, they, they look pretty good. And man, all, from what I heard, they're committed followers of Jesus. They're really kind and friendly. Man, they, and not only are they fearless, but the senior pastor's got an accent. Is, is there a ship going the other way? How, how do we stop ourselves from getting on the wrong ship, on the wrong trip, heading in the wrong direction? There's three things that help me. I just want to share with you quickly. Might not be your three things, but I hope it sounds some, um, helps somebody. But these are my three things that help me from getting on the wrong ship, heading in the wrong direction. I call it the three T's. The first T is humility. <laughs> humility. In 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. You need to stay humble, man. Because if you're like me, like Jonah, you're going to stuff it up along the way. And it's not that we c- what we can do, but it's what God does through us. And if we stay on the mission, his grace is sufficient. We can look at all our achievements and work ourselves up to a state of pride. But how many of us can agree that it's not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Jesus reminds us when he was talking to his disciples, he asked them to stay awake, but he found them asleep. In Matthew 26, 41, he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We got to live more in the spirit and thank God that his grace is sufficient for us. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Stay humble. The second T Humility, accountability. I need this one, man, because it keeps me humble. Galatians 6.1, brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I'm thankful 
that I'm accountable to someone. Otherwise, I'll be on my way to Tarshish, heading in the wrong direction. Who are you accountable to? Who are you allowed to ask you the tough questions? Who are you allowing to pull you aside when you got issues? Who's helping you to mature in your walk with God? Who are you allowing to say things you don't want to hear but need to hear? Because none of us got it right. We need to be accountable. First Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as long as you are doing. I have three spiritual, mature brothers that I'm accountable to. If I go to one and I don't like what he says, I go to the other one. I don't like what he says, I go to the other one. And then I realize all the three of them said the same thing <laughs> that I needed to hear. It's good to be accountable. The third T, humility, accountability, and community. You need community. Notice when Jonah went down to Joppa, he found a crew heading for Tarshish in the wrong direction. Notice it wasn't his connect group. It wasn't the people from his church or people who knew the calling that was on his life. It wasn't those who he was accountable to. It was just a crew. And here's the thing. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up following anything. What's your community look like? Do you have a connect group or a once a year group? Hebrews 10. Am I going too deep here? Come on. Hebrews 10, 25. I'm preaching to me first. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more so as you see the day drawing near. So Jonah's on the ship heading in the wrong direction from the mission. And God sends a storm. Sometimes it may take a storm to wake you up. Not just a physical wake up, but a spiritual wake up. The crew is terrified by the storm, and they wake Jonah up, and then they ask him, Who are you? Listen to what Jonah says in verse 9. He answered, Hey, bro. Now he actually says, I am a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. If you're going through a storm, you need to shout out some I ams. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am more than a conqueror. I am saved by grace. I am redeemed by the blood. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am courageous and I am fearless. What's your I am? Carry on with the story. The crew asked Jonah what they need to do to Jonah. And this is what Jonah says. Verse 12, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. Listen very carefully to what he says next. I know that it is my fault it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The the team to come. You know, we live in a time where it's everyone else's fault. Or the devil made me do it. Or it's because 
I'm this or because I never had that. And it's never easier to say it's my fault. I'm not saying everything bad that happens to you is your fault. You know, Michelle and I, we married 20 years, 28 years. Whew, that was close. 28 years. 30 years together. Praise God. Only by the grace of God. And we, we met in high school and I was a kid that borrowed my cousin's car, drive to the other side of town just to see her. And we dated in high school. Nick Minute. Everyone say Nick Minute. We married. We got kids. And we begin our chapter as a family. However, the first 10 years of that marriage was stormy. Stormy to the point where we were ready to jump ship and swim in different directions. Not because the devil made us do it. Not because she was from the palace and I was from the ghetto. It was 10 years of wasted time because it was my fault. But Teo, and I love this about Michelle, she says, yeah, but you didn't know, you didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but man, I was a bit of an idiot. Michelle says I was a big idiot. <laughs> but Ty, look, you never, you know, things happen to you. Yeah, that's true too, but man, I made some choices that weren't good choices. I had no humility. I had no accountability, and I had no community. And like Jonah, I was just hanging with the crew going in the wrong direction. And Jonah says to the crew, all the stuff that's happening is because of me. It's my fault. I know where I was supposed to be, and had I just trusted and obeyed God, the storm that's happening right now, wouldn't have come upon you. Choices we make impact others around us and there's nothing more that the enemy wants and that's to see the storms of life breaking up families, destroying lives, impacting generations. I love what happens next in the story. Jonah not only decides to obey God, but he first had to deny, he had to deny himself. And for us, we need to deny ourselves and say, hey, not all, but some of the stuff that's happening right now, like Jonah said, is because of me. I'm the problem. And until we come to that realization, we're not going to be able to complete the mission and walk in the plans and purpose and fulfilling life that God has for us. It might, might have been the scariest place for Jonah to be, but I know being overboard, it was the safest place for Jonah to be because when we come to a place of surrender, God takes over. Exactly what happened. Jonah's overboard in verse 17. Now the Lord provided. The Lord provided and God's grace comes through and God sends a big fish. I love eating fish but being eaten by a fish, different story. A big fish comes and saves Jonah. Three days later, Jonah's back on the mission and he delivers the message to a lost nation. 
And I encourage you to read the story. It's a good story because the people of Nineveh, they repent. And God, who is rich in mercy and full of grace, comes through. And the greatest revival in the Bible happens in the land of Nineveh. Mission accomplished. How many souls, how many nations are waiting to experience the mercy and grace of God, waiting on us to be fearless and courageous and obedient to the call of God on our life? Yes, I know it's halfway through the year. There's only six more months to go, but it's time to stop running from and start running to. No more being afraid, no more living in fear because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power love and self-control look here never say stop running jesus is coming amen amen